Welcome everybody to the BVB Show. I'm your host, Brennan Van Bruskin, and we are here on the beat and also streamed on Spotify under the BVB Show on episode one. Now this semester and this year, we're going to be giving you a highlight of guests throughout each week. We're going to have an episode a week. So stay tuned each week. It's going to be streamed on Spotify, like I said, and then also on the radio station, The Beat. So what are we going to be talking about today? I think it's one of the most relevant topics that we're going to be going through, and we're going to be going through the highlighting and highlighting the career of Albert Pujols, not only with the Cardinals, but the Angels, the Dodgers, and then back to the Cardinals, and just to see how statistically great he's been. I'm super excited about it. You're super excited about it. Let's dive into the first pitch. All right, let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's dive into the career of Albert Pujols. Now, if you're a Cardinals fan, if you're a baseball fan, it's hard not to, especially a Cardinals fan, it's hard not to be romantic about this season and understand the greatness of Albert Pujols and what he is doing at age 42 right now, and also what he's done in the prime of his career. Okay, but let's just go into a little bit of an overview of how his career has summed up so far. A three-time MVP, 11-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glover, so he's not just a guy in the box hammering baseballs. He's a guy that's going to give you a couple good Gold Glove seasons and a reliable glove at first base, at least in the prime of his career. He's won a batting title. He's three-time Major League Player of the Year, which means that every single time he's won an MVP, he has been voted the greatest player in the Major Leagues outside, over the top of the Cy Young winners and a guy that has won the MVP in the the American League. He was the unanimous Rookie of the Year in 2001. He's a two-time World Series winner in 06 and 2011 with the Cardinals, a six-time Silver Slugger and an NLCS MVP. Now, all of this wrapped together, that's pretty cool. Those stats are pretty cool. But what he's doing this year with the St. Louis Cardinals, and, I, you know, people that know me know I love the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, fans, you're going to get a few references of Cardinal statistics. You're going to get a reference of, of things being related to the Cardinals. And I apologize in advance. <laughs> I love to talk about it. So uh, hang with me there. But... Today, just to see, he's okay. So he's 693 home runs, seven home runs away from 700. Now, last night he pinched hit for the Cardinals and uh, and got hit by a pitch by a position player. But we won't dive into that. It was basically a you know silver platter for a home run. We won't get into that. We'll let's start from the very beginning of where he started. So, you look at his career batting average is 297. But with the St. Louis Cardinals in year one, 2001, let's dive into that. He was fourth in MVP voting and Rookie of the Year, unanimously Rookie of the Year. And the crazy part is that year, not many people realized, and I didn't realize until I looked in because, you know, granted, I was one year old at the time. So I love diving into these stats that go into Albert Pujols and, and when he was, you know, at the beginning of his career because I didn't get to see that. I was, but I, you know, way too young. Anyways. 2001, Ichiro Suzuki in the American League won the Rookie of the Year and MVP voting. So you play 162 games in a season. Ichiro, in his rookie season, batted 350 with 242 hits. 
I don't, you know, I'm not a math major, but that's over a hit a game, obviously, which is absolutely incredible. Now, in 2001 also, the MVP for the NL, Barry Bonds. Now, we'll dive into that too on just how many times Albert Pujols has finished second, which is four in the MVP voting. Two of them to Barry Bonds. That year is the year that Barry Bonds hit 73 homers, juiced up on steroids. Now, we'll, we'll have a couple guests on in the future talking about the steroid era and if guys belong in the Hall of Fame and their opinion on it. But for right now, we'll leave it how it is. So Albert finishes his rookie season fourth in MVP voting, right? Fourth as a rookie coming in, batting 329, 37 homers, and 130 RBIs. And you finish fourth, which is incredible. Now, you go into the next season, 2002, he finishes second to Bonds. 2003, second to Bonds. For people that are out there right now that think that Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame or shouldn't, I won't give my opinion yet. We'll talk about that later in uh, later episodes. But for a guy like Albert Pujols coming into the league, now, you know word spreads around the league. I'm not a Major League Baseball player, but you know word spreads around the league of of what's going on, who's taking what in the steroid era. For a guy that wants to be the greatest hitter in the game, everybody strives to be that. But somebody who says, you know what, I want to be like Barry Bonds. I want to be that power hitter for the Cardinals. I want to be the cleanup guy. I want to be like Conseco, McGuire, that came before Albert and hit those homers. To somebody that didn't necessarily take part didn't take part in in doing steroids is another testament of its own to the greatness of Albert and the integrity in the game that he possessed to say, all right, 2002, I finished second MVP to Bonds, 2003, second MVP to Bonds, third, 2004, third in MVP voting to Barry Bonds. It's almost tempting to a guy like, all right, what more can I do? I batted 320, 314, 359, 331 with 37, 34, 43, 46 home runs and didn't win an MVP once out of those seasons. Over 100 RBIs in every season, which is absolutely crazy. Not only do you go to the impact of Albert statistically, but in 2004, for St. Louis Cardinals fans that were around then and understand the greatness of that team, arguably could have been the greatest season in Cardinals history. You have what they called the MV3 combination of Albert Pujols, Jim Edmonds, and Scott Rowland, which in 2021, the Cardinals kind of got a glimpse of that with Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Tyler O'Neill, who O'Neill's been a little bit up and down. We won't dive into the Cardinals stats right now. Let's stay honed in on Albert. 2005. For those of you that like numbers, we're diving into them today. If you don't, sorry about you. We're going to dive right into them. 2005. Albert finally wins the MVP. A stat back then that they didn't talk about was your war, which means your win wins above replacement. Albert Pujols in 2005 was absolutely unbelievable. The guy, his war was in 2005, 8.4 war. The next closest, 6.7, which is absolutely crazy. He scored 129 runs that season as the three-hole for the Cardinals in 2005. They made it to the NLCS and lost. Hit 41 home runs, 117 RBIs, 16 stolen bases, batted 330. So 
you dive into that, and it's just that season alone is incredible. That's his first MVP they do that. Now, the 2004 season, let's talk about that for a little bit. You dive into that, and you have a great, great Cardinals team. You have guys like Roland, who won a Rookie of the Year as well, unanimously, just like Albert, his rookie season. You have Jim Edmonds, arguably one of the greatest center fielders in the game. I'm not biased, just kidding, I am. Then you have Albert. And they lose to the Red Sox, who swept them in the World Series. And not only did they lose in 2004, but 2013 they lost to the Red Sox as well. After the Red Sox break the curse. And the greatest part about that, though, for you Red Sox fans is, is uh, I'm really glad that they ended up you know, winning that World Series. I'm glad it happened. Because now you can go back and say, you know what, it's great. There was no such thing as a curse. It was just... 70-some-odd years or 60-some-odd years of just bad baseball, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. For those Red Sox fans out there, great franchise. I love watching them every time they're on TV. Now you go to the 2006 season. Albert finishes second in MVP voting again. He finishes second to Ryan Howard. But let's look at those numbers. It's incredible that you finish second in MVP voting and you lead the league in slugging. You lead the league in OPS, which is on-base plus slugging, for those of you that, that are unfamiliar with that, a 431 on-base percentage. Now, the greatest part about that is Albert's your three-hole. A lot of times, a guy like that, or, or batted fourth, a lot of times a guy like that that has that high of power statistics doesn't always get on base the most, doesn't always have the highest batting average, at least nowadays statistics. But there's only two seasons in his career, that he had a below 400 on-base percentage, at the Cardinals at least. We're just talking about those 10, 11 seasons with the Cardinals. In that MVP voting season, the second season, that, in 2006, he finishes second to Ryan Howard with 137 RBIs, 49 homers, and bats 331 and finishes second, which is incredible. His, not only his... Third time, his third time finishing second in MVP. Now, it's incredible, absolutely incredible. And you talk about that next, that season right there. The craziest part about all the things that Albert has accomplished, he's never, and he's won two World Series, he's never had an MVP, World Series MVP season because you have a guy like David Eckstein who absolutely rakes in the postseason and in the World Series for the Cardinals and brought them that, that first title for Albert Pujols and the first one since 1982. And then you have a guy like David Freeze. How can you not give him the MVP in Albert's last season as the, at the Cardinals? How can you not? We will see you tomorrow night. Call Greatest call by Joe Buck I've heard but since the one by his dad. Go crazy, folks. We will see you tomorrow night. Now, we're talking about that 2006 season. We will take a quick break right now. When we come back, we're going to dive into the rest of Albert's career at the Cardinals and the rest of his career with the Angels and Dodgers and back to the Cardinals as well. We'll be right back. From court to court and lane to lane under the lights or under the sun. No one delivers Division II sports like NCAA.com. The center of D2 is inside the NCAA.com hub with exclusive highlights of every sport and live broadcasts of every Division II championship found nowhere else. Make NCAA.com yours, the home of Division II college sports. Welcome back, everybody, to the BVB Show. We are here 
back again talking about Albert Pujols in 2007. So you look at the 2007 season, and besides with the Angels and besides with the Dodgers, and back to the Cardinals this season, it is the it is technically in quotations his off season. He finished ninth in MVP voting, batting 327, 103 RBIs, and 32 homers. That alone, to me, is a, an incredible season. He finished ninth in MVP, which is which is besides the fact. So you go to the next season, 2008. Albert wins his second MVP, leading the league in slugging, OPS plus, total bases, and OPS, batting 357 which is not even his best average. In 2003, he batted 359, finished second to Bonds, which we won't dive into that. I won't get on my soapbox about that again. But RBI is 116, home runs 37 in his second MVP. Then you jump to 2009. Let's talk about 2009 for a second. For those of you that are Cardinals fans and, and rooted deep and uh, are Cardinals nation, let's look at that season, arguably, in my lifetime at least, you could look and say that that's the greatest Cardinals season that they've accomplished statistically without advancing far into the postseason or without winning a World Series. Now, why is that? You may say, Brennan, get off your high horse about the Cardinals. Stop talking about it. You're biased. Let's look at that, though. Let's look at that 2009 season. That You could say they, they didn't make it to the playoffs. You can't say that it's the best. Now, look, let's see. 2009 for the fans. All-Star game is in St. Louis. For those of you that are Ozzie Smith fans, Ozzie Smith used to do a, I guess, a backhand spring flip when he went out to his position in the 80s, when he played for the Cardinals back in his prime. The Wizard of Oz does it in the Celebrity All-Star Game in front of all the Cardinals fans, all the fans there for the All-Star Game. Great moment. Then you look at, statistically, Albert Pujols not only plays in the All-Star Game, not only wins the MVP but participates in the Home Run Derby in St. Louis. He lost to Prince Fielder, but he participates in it, gives the fans what they want, and says, let's roll. So, he wins MVP that season, again, his third MVP voting in 2000, his third MVP win in 2009. Leads the league in on-base percentage, slugging, OPS, OPS+, plus, total bases, again, and leads the league in home runs of 47. 135 RBIs, still didn't lead the league in that, which is crazy, crazy. So you look at the pitching standpoint for the Cardinals that year. You had Chris Carpenter and you had Adam Wainwright finishing second and third in the in, in the Cy Young Awards there. Then you have Tim Lincecum who wins. Now, nothing against Tim Lincecum here. Tim Lincecum is an absolute stud on the mound, was in his prime a great pitcher for the Giants. Carpenter finishes second. Albert has MVP, and Wainwright finishes third. That right there alone will carry your team to a great season. And they, and, and, to, and let alone at the trade deadline, John Mozeliak makes a great deal and picks up Matt Holliday at the trade deadline, which is a great power hitter, a great bat to put right behind who? Albert Pujols, giving him protection, saying, all right, now we have to go right after Albert because if we put Albert on base, we gotta fa- we got to face Matt Holliday which is incredible as a lineup. So let's let's look at Chris Carpenter and Adam and Adam Wayne right there. Carpenter finishes second in MV, in Cy Young award. Second. He led nothing against nothing against Tim Lincecum again. But he led Tim Lincecum and the only statistic that Tim Lincecum had 
greater than Chris Carpenter was innings pitched and strikeouts. Carpenter had more wins, a lower ERA, a lower whip, less runs allowed, and 30 less walks that season, and finished second behind Tim Lincecum. Now, some of you might say, how does that happen? Why does that happen? Why does a guy like that with those numbers, who's 17 and four, Tim Lincecum 15 and seven, finish second in Cy Young? Now, this story is an anonymous source, but it is a pretty confirmed story, pretty confirmed um, factual statement, in my opinion. The Writers Association and whoever votes for the Cy Young winning award is not allowed to, you know, and, you know, I could be wrong. Call me out if I'm wrong. It's not allowed to vote for your own city if your guy is in the running. So it comes down to the guy in San Francisco to vote for the Cy Young winner. Tim Lutzcombe being his guy, Chris Carpenter being the obvious next choice for the Cy Young, he decides not to vote. Because who would he vote for? Chris Carpenter. He would vote for the next guy. He decides not to vote, giving Tim Lincecum the Cy Young Award win there in 2009. Now, how cool would that have been to say, all right, in the National League, you have Albert winning the MVP and Chris Carpenter winning the Cy Young Award in St. Louis. What a great season. What a great team. And the All-Star Games there. But Tim Lincecum wins. No big deal. It's over with. It's done. I'm not going to live in the past about it. But... I just like to tell stories about that and and look at what has happened in statistics. And I'm a big baseball numbers guy. I like looking at what happened, what could have happened in the past in guys' careers and so forth. So let's jump ahead, though. 2010. Let's go to 2010. I like to go in chronological order here for Albert's career. It's his second to last season with the Cardinals. He finishes second in MVP voting again. His fourth second place finish. Finishes second to Joey Votto, who is an absolute animal in the batter's box. Has transformed his career, transformed it into something spectacular to see. With a guy that went thousands of at-bats without popping up to the first baseman. And then all of a sudden changed his career and says, you know what? I'm not going to be an on-base guy. I'm going to be a home run, home run guy. But that's besides the fact. That's a totally different subject, which is very impressive to me that he's able to adjust and adapt on the fly like that and be a great clubhouse guy, too. But you look at Albert's stats there. He finishes second but leads the league in runs scored, home runs, RBIs, and OPS+, and still finishes second, which is incredible, and bats 312. So that's probably the only thing that limited him there is his average. I think... The average is kind of going away now with your statistics. You're starting to see a little bit more emphasis on OPS and war and how a guy can impact a team. But back then, average was a highly favored statistic. And he didn't have the greatest average season that Albert Pujols typically had, but he led in home runs and RBIs and runs scored. And he finishes second, which is crazy. Then you go to 2011, World Series season for the Cardinals the greatest Cardinals season that they've had since 1982 in terms of what your end goal is. Now we'll dive right back into the 2011 season, the 2011 postseason run, and a little bit about how Albert contributed in his last season with the Cardinals right after this quick break.
everyone, Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when there are parched or windy conditions out there, you gotta be extra careful with things like burning yard waste. After all, wildfires can start anywhere, even in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody, to the BVB Show. We're diving right back into the 2011 season with Albert Pujols' last season as a Cardinal. The only season he didn't bat above 300, but still had 37 home runs that year. Incredible. And he finishes fifth in MVP voting in his in quotations again, off year as a Cardinal. Incredible. Incredible 11-year run right there with the Cardinals. Now, let's look at that season. We win the World Series to get their 11th World Series title. You have a guy who has contributed a ton to St. Louis. Now, you look at that offseason after they win the World Series. It's Tony LaRusso's last year. <clears throat> they pick up a guy like Lance Berkman. And they have a guy like David Freeze. Now, when when a guy who bats, you know, let's say six, seven, five in your order, who is your hottest hitter in the postseason, and you also have Lance Berkman, Albert Pujols, Alan Craig, Matt Holliday in your lineup, Chris Carpenter as your pitcher, as your ace, you're gonna Jason Mott as your closer, you're gonna do pretty well in the postseason. When you have a guy like that who can just step up and say, you know what, I'm a hometown hero, I'm gonna put the team on my back here and just rake in the postseason. That's incredible in a love of its own. That's the only thing I think that you could look at Albert Pujols' career and say, how does that happen? You know, not, a, not that it's in a bad way, but you'd see his numbers and how good he is, but he's never won a World Series MVP, and he's been in, in three of them. Now he's, he's won two of them, but you also, that's also a testament to how good David Freeze was in that postseason. Now, that 2011 season happens. Arguably one of the most dramatic off-seasons in my lifetime, Cardinals history, when you are trying to re-sign a guy who is just incredible in the box, has won two gold gloves, and the Players Association kind of nudging Albert in the direction of, you have to sign this big deal because it sets up for the rest of us. Not saying that that's why he left. No one knows other than Albert and his family and maybe his agent knows why he went to the Angels for the next 10 years. But it's understandable from a guy's career, if you want to prolong it, when the DH wasn't in the NL, was in the AL. And a guy that says, all right, in the back end of my career, let's look ahead. It would be 2017. We're in the year 2012 now, offseason. 2017, 18, 19, 20. Am I going to be able to start first base every game and play in the field? Maybe, maybe not towards the end of my career when I'm in my late 30s, early 40s. So he said, all right, let's sign a 10-year deal with the Angels to where I can be a designated hitter too if they need me. And they have a guy like Mike Trout coming up in their system who, another topic to talk about for another time, but is so good and their team has been consistently so bad for so many years. You almost need to bring in more guys to enhance the Angels, which they should be really good and surround a team around a guy like Mike Trout. But that's a, that's a topic for another time. So you look at that offseason. He could have come back with the Cardinals. I think they offered him around a five- or seven-year deal. I don't know the exact details on that. But he signs a 10-year deal with the Angels. 
Now, a lot of people will look at the 10-year season or 11-year season he had with the Cardinals and say that alone is a Hall of Fame career. He Then he goes to the Angels and plays there for 10 years and doesn't bat above 300 again. Has a couple seasons where he goes 30 homers, 40 homers, 30. But after the year 2007, or 2016, excuse me, he didn't hit above 23 home runs. You go to the 2021 season. He starts batting a career-low 198 with the Angels, and it's in May. The Angels, at this point, Albert's 41 years old, 40 and a half years old. And you say, all right, he's had an incredible career. The Angels released him early. Let's let's let him go. Let's let him walk out and not try to force somebody whose body may not be there at the age and may not be to where he was in his past. Let's let him go. What well, didn't take long? Four days he's released. The Dodgers pick him up. Right down the road in L.A., he goes back to the NL. Now, the NL didn't have a DH back then. This is the first year in 2022 they have a DH. Albert contributes to the Dodgers and let and and what's the greatest part about that? They make it to the postseason. What's even better about that? He goes in the NL wildcard game against who? The St. Louis Cardinals. Now it doesn't do a lot of damage that year, but I remember last year watching this game. Albert Pujols comes up. It's a tie game. Adam Wainwright pitches an absolute gem. And Albert Pujols comes to bat, and I'm thinking he is gonna walk us off. Albert, this is how it's gonna happen. It's going to be right in the script. It's going to be a fairy tale ending for his career, for the Cardinals, for the Dodgers. Albert hits a deep fly ball to center field, and it gets caught in the warning track. And I'm not going to lie to you, my heart stopped beating in that moment because it was a form of kind of happiness for the guy if he would have hit a home run, but also extreme sadness and frustration that the Cardinals season's over as a huge Cardinals fan. Many may have thought, all right, good career, Albert. Way to go. You've hit... 680-something home runs, that's incredible alone. And, all right, let's, you know, go off into the sunset. You'll make the Hall of Fame, obviously, first-year ballot Hall of Famer. All of a sudden, rumors start to happen. Nolan Arenado says, Albert, we'd love to have you. I'd love to play with you. His best buddy, Yadier Molina, and other best buddy, Adam Wainwright, are saying this might be their last season. Wainwright's still in suspect. Of if it's his last season or he's going to come back. Yachty says, I've been catching for however many years, since 2004. My body's done. I This is my last season. We're going to do it. We're going to win as the Cardinals. All of a sudden, rumors start to go, where's Albert going? Is Albert coming back? He's training in the offseason. All of a sudden, bang, Cardinals signed him to a one-year deal. A fairy tale ending to his career. Albert says it's his last season. Now, we're going to take a quick break and then talk about the season that Albert Pujols is having currently and the relevance is what that means to the league and what that means to Major League Baseball. We'll be right back. Did you know that when you shop at a local business, you can create jobs, stimulate the local economy, and reduce your carbon footprint? 90% of net new jobs are created by small businesses, which makes them the largest employer nationally. And for every $100 spent at a local shop, 68 of those come back into the community because small businesses buy from more small businesses. Because of this, habitat loss and pollution caused by transportation has decreased by 26%. To learn more about the benefits of supporting small businesses in your community, visit one in your area today. This message brought to you by your friends in UCM Digital Media Production. 
All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the BVB show after that quick break. Now, this is the part that gets me the most excited, and I think, you know, love him, hate him, like him, you're a Cubs fan, you probably hate him, but you probably can come to an agreement, everybody can, the respect that you have for what he's done in his career and what he's doing right now. Anybody that's a baseball fan, if you're not a baseball fan, listen up, because this is incredible the season that he is having right now. The St. Louis Cardinals are five games up currently on the Milwaukee Brewers and have a 21-7 record since the All-Star break. And they picked up two key pitchers, Quintana and Montgomery, in replacement for my former favorite player, but still is, Harrison Bader. Now, in the moment, I'm upset about that because I love to watch him play and give it everything he has. But the Cardinals needed pitching, and Montgomery has been electric and lights out since coming to the St. Louis Cardinals. And if I'm a Yankees fan, I'm kicking myself in the foot because you're thinking, holy smokes, what are we doing? We're getting rid of our fifth starter, and we have the best record in the major leagues. Since this trade, they have been bad, bad, bad. But... It's the New York Yankees, so the spotlight's on them. The expectation is a World Series every year and to win every game. That's tough to do, let alone to be a great team throughout the season. But let's look at Albert. Albert this season, as a 42-year-old baseball player, now, you know, you know, people say he's 42. So a lot of people think that he's older than that, which is even more incredible. I'd like to see Albert at the end of his career say, hey, just kidding, I was 46 in that last season, by the way, hitting... 14 home runs and batting 390 let me let me rephrase this 3 let me repeat that 398 10 home runs 24 RBIs versus left-handers absolutely incredible 398 as a we'll just say 46-year-old player we'll just round up just for the fun of it i bet he's 42 who knows could be 45 this is incredible let alone he's batting 277 and he's 7 home runs away from from 700 home runs he has a month to go he has 39 games left to go in this season. It's incredible what he's doing right now for the city of St. Louis. And and the crazy part is the Yankees come into town. Now you'd say you'd think that the most attendance at a major league baseball game for a fan base would probably be either World Series or All-Star game. The Yankees come into town in the middle of August. It's 95 degrees. Yankees are here Saturday night. The Cardinals break the record for most attendance, most attending fans ever in the history of Bush Stadium since 2006, Bush Stadium 2, excuse me, which is absolutely incredible. 48,581 fans attended this game, standing room only. I didn't get to go. I wish I would have been there, but I'm hurt. I've heard it was shoulder to shoulder. People were in the concourse watching the game. So you dive into not alone the attendance of that game. I think a lot of that has to do with Albert. A lot of that has to do with his impact that he's had on this team, on the city of St. Louis, and on baseball. You even have guys like CC Sabathia tweeting out, I think we can all be in agreement that Albert Pujols needs to hit seven home, 700 home runs. And I think he could do it. I think if he, I mean, I think if you put him out there versus a lefty, the chances are four out of ten he's going to get a hit, and he's hit ten home runs, so he, and 101 at-bats off lefty. So 10% of the time, Statistically, right now, he's going to hit a home run if a left-handed pitcher goes up to bat. So if you put him out there for 10 at-bats, and let's say he's got 30 more at-bats in the season, he's going to have a chance to hit some home runs here. 
Hopefully he does it. I'd like to see him do it. And if the Cardinals make a postseason run this year, he gives himself even more of a chance. If you see Albert hitting a 700th home run in October, Yachty's last season, his last season, the Cardinals stadium packed. Major League Baseball is back in the postseason. I love it. Fans love it. I think the city of St. Louis would go absolutely crazy if and maybe hopefully when it happens. Highlighting Albert Pujols' career is absolutely incredible. Finishes fourth to recap. Finishes second in MVP voting four times. Three MVPs. And a lot of those seasons, when you look at those numbers like we dove into, you could have said, all right, take away steroids, you think he wins five because he could finish second to Bonds twice. Take away a little bit of the impact of necessarily the average they dove into. But if you look at the war and the current stats and the advanced analytics that they do now and you apply them to those earlier seasons, could he have possibly won another MVP? Possibly. We're not in charge of the voting. We're not in charge of let's go back and change history. Nothing against Bonds or that did steroids anyways. Nothing against Ryan Howard and Joey Votto that finished first in those league those seasons. But you could say that hopefully the only thing... Now, let, let's recap this a little bit. Albert's, Albert's career, incredible with the Cardinals, okay with the Angels, still a pretty dang good baseball player, and now he's having the best, or the best season he's ever had since being in St. Louis. You have to think that ha- that has something to do with it. You have to think that the energy the fans are providing, the energy that Albert has in the offseason, in an interview, he doesn't talk about himself a lot, but an interview that I love that it made me smile. They asked him why he's doing so well. What is and he said in his and in quotations, in Albert's words, "I worked my butt off this off season to be where I'm at." Now you love to hear that from a guy who some may say doesn't have anything left in the tank. Some may say is done, is washed up, is absolutely dominating, and has the highest OPS since the All Star break in the major leagues. Not only just on the Cardinals. But this season he's having right now, I can't wait to watch it. And I think the only thing that could top it, if there's anything else, there's already been cherries on top. If you could add another cherry on top of the cherry on top of the cake, it would be written in script right now, Albert's last season. Game 7 World Series, makes it to the World Series, hits his 700th home run, and gets that MVP World Series vote. I think that would be the only thing that Albert could do right now to make his career even better than it already is, besides hitting 700 homers. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you have anything to say, I would love to hear your comments to the beat to the University of Central Missouri. Thank you so much for listening right now. Streamed on Spotify, the BVB Show. We will see you next week. (laughs) 